Hello and welcome to episode 21 of Mag Heroes, a podcast about people who make magazines. I'm Dan Rowden, founder of Magpile. This is the last episode of the current season of Mag Heroes, and I'm finishing off with a fantastic new magazine. Earlier this week, I talked with Robbie Russell, assistant editor of Push, a new UK title Robbie launched to give a new voice to youth culture. We chatted about the magazine's free distribution model, how Robbie is positioning Push to generate paid content to support its growth, and his big plans for the future. This episode is brought to you by Subsale. Coping with magazine subscriptions online is hard. Using a generic e-commerce platform, you can easily sell them, but how do you manage them after that? You're selling issues you haven't even thought about yet. That's where Subsale comes in. Connect Subsale to your store and have your orders turn magically into manageable subscriptions, which you can then edit, update, renew and organise. And your subscribers get their own passwordless accounts to view and manage their subscription information. If that sounds like an upgrade from your current system, is it a spreadsheet? Go to subsale.com and get started for free. That's S-U-B-S-A-I-L.com. Now on with the show. Hi Robbie, how's it going? Yeah, good thanks Dan, how are you? Yeah, fine. All good here. Um, so, you are part of Push. Um, can you give us a brief rundown of Push and why it exists? Um, well, Push exists because I kind of wanted a youth culture magazine and I couldn't find one that I really liked. <laughs> um, I've, I've all throughout university and then afterwards I was writing on blogs and digitally, writing about music and youth culture, fashion, that type of thing. And uh, and I never felt like the same content that I was enjoying online had somewhere to exist in print, which was another one of my great loves. Um, and so I started writing for a blog for this sort of company um, that looked like it was coming to an end. So I put a pitch together to them, to the company, um, for a print magazine uh, for them to invest in. And they accepted it and that became Push. And that's where we are uh, sort of 10 months later since that okay. happened. Cool. Well, that's a, a bit of a different story from most like, origin stories I've heard. Yeah, it's, 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 uh, it's fortunate. It's a story. I'm guessing it's luck because um, <laughs> I got an investor from the start. I haven't had to quit a job or anything. I came straight from uni. Um, so I've been really lucky in that sense. And another thing is that as soon as we got it out there and put it in front of people's faces, we got a lot of support and positive feedback straight away. Um, so the growth's been fast and it's also been really encouraging and, and it really could have gone either way, <laughs> I'm <Right>. sure. <laughs> so you said 10 months then, How like what kind of timeline is it from your like initial idea through investment until you got like the first issue out and about? So it would have been around Christmas last year that a conversation happened between myself and Grant Bryden, who is our now editor-in-chief. He's a professional hip-hop journalist, um, writes for Clash and all kinds of other magazines. Um, to Basically, we were just talking about a free print magazine. 
that was December. I put a pitch together over the sort of Christmas period and then took it back to the um, company I was working for in January. Uh, and then we worked on brand building after they'd accepted it, brought on a few people to join the team, um, including Josh Milgate, who's a really talented young designer, uh, and Vicky Grout, who's a very well-respected photographer to do our, to direct the photography of the magazine. Uh, and then we got our first print issue out in June this year. Right. Uh, so it's it's happened quick it's happened quickly um but it's been it's been fun i mean it hasn't it hasn't felt like it's happened quickly there's a lot of time that we've been waiting for different stuff to try and find the cheapest printers and that type of thing because we are working on a very limited budget but at the same time it's been really enjoyable and and we've already got plans for issue four and issue five and beyond that um with our second issue now being completed cool so yeah what's so going back to the like the concept and the just like, yeah, like the content of the magazine. What what are you trying to achieve with Push? Uh, so Grant actually wrote like, a, I don't know if you'd call it a soliloquy. <laughs> Maybe that's a bit grandiose, but he's written a, <laughs> a, I'm an English literature student, so I'm prone to using words like that. But he's written a little sort of epithet at the, the beginning of the magazine. Um, so I'll just read that without wanting to be too cringe because I've got it in front of me. Um, and then and then I'll sort of say what that means to me. So he's written, they always talk about pushing the culture, but it takes more than one to make a movement. Everyone exerting their own force, making what contribution they can. Together we can move mountains if we all push. Um, so for me, the, the grand idea of push is that it's hopefully going to come to define even for a small group of people, it's going to come to define the cultural movements of today, um, especially with young people and especially with regards to the creative industries, um, music, fashion being the main ones, and then uh, as an offshoot of that sort of graffiti and filmmaking, anything to do with the sort of underground rebellious culture that we're interested in um, that's rooted in hip-hop that's come out of the Bronx ages ago, that type of thing. So that includes grime, that includes spoken word poetry, all of that stuff. We really want to define that and be the publication that defines that for the youth of today because being a magazine fan myself, it's easy to, to talk about other musical and cultural movements and how each of them seemed to have a print magazine represented and, um, you know, translated that culture into print. You had NME, uh, you had Melody Maker prior to that. You've got Kerrang! and that type of thing. But then when it comes to grime and it comes to hip-hop and it comes to youth culture in the UK today, there was there was nothing really. Um, there's music magazines, don't get me wrong, and there's free ones that are doing amazing stuff, but it's they kind of come from an angle where they've got to include as much of a diverse range of music as possible. Um, and so it's hard to really define where their audience lies, if that makes sense. Um, we're more about the culture uh, in, a, in a bit more of a defined sense. The young people, especially from urban areas, inner city areas, that are doing exciting and innovative things, um, usually in the face of adversity as well. So that's what push is. It's a bit of a sprawling answer, but <laughs> that's kind of what I want <laughs> no. to, to do. Right, and it's like UK focused. Is that like uh, your limits? Or are you thinking about doing more international stuff at some point? Uh, it's, it's UK focused in terms of the, the audience base. We're, we're very much going off the, the taste of, of what the, our UK audience is into. Um, but that obviously includes American musicians because the yeah. most influential musicians today, especially in our field, are American. 
um, in issue one, we went completely UK just because um, our reach was slightly, well, not limited, but it, it was easier it was within our grasp to go for UK artists. Um, and it set the tone really nicely moving forward. Um, issue two, we've got some much bigger American names. Um, but really, it's, it's reactionary and we don't want to sort of put a geographical border on it. Um, but the taste, the taste is UK at the moment. Yeah, for mm. sure. And um, it's a free magazine. How are you getting it distributed around the country or and then abroad as well? Yeah, so it's free because we're competing with free digital <laughs> content. Um, and we've gone for a distribution method that I wanted to be, it's a bit more expensive, but I wanted to be a bit more environmentally friendly, friendly a bit more ecological, uh, and also a lot more direct so we know where our readers are. Um, so we invite our readers to sign up online through social media. Um, we grow in organically on social media, shares, etc. Uh, they sign up wherever in the world they are. We will send out the first 1,000 of each issue directly um, for free to the first 1,000 people that sign up. And after that, we just invite our readers to cover postage and we'll send the magazine directly to them. Um, and we found that to be like an incredibly successful way of distributing all around the country the people that might have picked up the magazine in Dublin, for example, or even Tokyo I sent some to, I feel like they're more liable to share it with their friends rather than if they've picked it up off an enormous stack in the middle of a cafe in Shoreditch or whatever. Mm. Uh, although you can do that with push as well in certain cafes. Um, <laughs> and so, yeah, it, it's a way of being really uh, a lot more direct. And I think it's also the idea anyway is that as soon as it comes through the door in our envelope, um, it, it creates the sort of excitement that you don't get from just picking up a magazine or getting thrusted it on a street by a vendor. Um, and hopefully you're more likely to put your phone down and really experience and really engage with it. And then maybe pick your phone up to take a picture of it and put it on Instagram, which is what we love to see. Yeah. Um, yeah you said there that you're competing against like free content online. Mm. But a lot, I mean, there are a lot of indie magazines or like smaller magazines that charge like a high price for their content and people still buy it like how, how have you thought about charging for content or like yeah was going for a free magazine more like a more powerful proposition than charging for it for you yeah and i think the thing is that yeah there is there is a lot of paid content but i don't feel i feel like there's been a shift now in the sense that a lot of young people especially which is who we're trying to get to um content and especially musical content isn't something they're used to paying for um i mean they don't even people don't even pay for music anymore you pay for a subscription to spotify and then you've got all music ever for free basically um mm. same with music videos or whatever it's it's on youtube and it's it's just free and and the things that you pay for are different the things that you pay for are clothes and their technology and their and their, their stuff like that and and so creating free means that we're not trying to we're trying to disrupt the market of print media but we're not trying to disrupt the lives of our readers um, by asking them to shell more money for something they've never previously thought of buying um so like i know this this is obviously a podcast for people that love magazines and i'm a person that love magazines but we're really trying to be a magazine that reaches people that haven't ever purchased print before and don't go into independent bookstores to buy print and they don't go on I don't know, online stores to buy stuff either. We want to draw those people in to print as a, as a place where content exists that you can't find elsewhere. Do you know what I'm trying to say mm, by that? Yeah. 
Um, and and I've really found the easiest way to do that, or the best way to do that, would be to offer someone something that's exciting that comes through their door, but is also free or very cheap, two quid for the post of costage, or if you're international, fiver to get it sent shipped over mm. to you. Um, and in that sense, we're building up a, a customer base that's looking forward to receiving our print, and hopefully that's going to be an attractive opposition to invite brands that have got a lot of money that are used to paying for stuff. <laughs> Um, inviting them to support the magazine and reach our customer base. So basically, we want we want the fashion brands, we want the technology brands to be paying for the content that we give our readers for free. Okay. So, I mean, I guess the next question is, right now, how are you financing this? Apart from, like, the investment you got at the beginning. Uh, it's the, it's the, the investment is still, still there. I mean, we're coming to, to the end of our runway um, quickly. But it, it will be through... Um, commercial partnerships um, print advertising is something that I've found um, which is one of the hurdles that I'm currently trying to struggle across uh, print advertising is becoming less attractive to a lot of brands they want to be more content focused um, this is obviously something that we're going to be able to offer as well we've got the, the best connected um, photographers and writers in youth culture I'm, I'm, I, like we've got them at our disposal or we at least will have them in in uh, the foreseeable future so that's that's how we're gonna we're gonna have to be um, experimental we're gonna have to be innovative with the way that we earn money but we're gonna yeah that's it just creating content that uh, is of an interest to a brand it helps them but also is going to be of interest to our readers and and we never want them to feel like we're just we just exist to sell them stuff so uh you mentioned that you already got plans for future issues how many issues are you trying to do a year and uh, do, do your plans include like the magazine changing in format or anything to encompass different like this different kind of t- content you're talking about we um, we're planning on being a bi-monthly that's what we've said so far that's what's in our business plan and our media kit um, it just so happens that issue two is going to come three months three months after issue one um, because we're accounting for an extra month of sort of introductory hype. We've still got a lot of people buying issue one, um, so we didn't see the point in can't, like stopping that early just to bring out a second issue for the sake of it. Mm. But after that, it's going to be every other month. Um, in terms of changing format, we're looking at creating an annual. That's definitely something that's in our plans, something that's going to be thicker, bigger, higher quality, um, and that's going to be paid for. That's going to include a lot more aspirational brands rather than the affordable brands that we're trying to put into the current issues um, and ha- invite them to sponsor and, and them to, to, to do that type of thing. In terms of other commercial um, activities that's going to help support push in the future, we're going to look at digit like being truly multimedia, truly digital, um, but only in a way that use, that keeps the print at the very forefront of what we do. Um, which is something that Vice did very well when they first sort of started as their free magazine model. They've shifted now to focus almost entirely on video content, um, but that's something that we can definitely do: uh, events, video stuff, stuff with music, stuff with fashion, stuff with influencers. As much as I hate that word, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and you said you you give away the first thousand free. Uh, what's your print run for issue one and two? Uh, the print run's going to. St- it's at 3,000. It's going to stay at 3,000. Um, for this foreseeable, we're, we're looking to increase to 5,000, but we don't, as I said before, we don't want uh, wastage 
Uh, mm. It's not something that we've got at the moment, but when I look around, especially in Leeds, which is where I am based, same when I go down to London, when I look around the, the hip cafes and the, the hangout spots, which is where a lot of free magazines target their readership, I mean, that's just the way they do it. Um, you always see enormous piles of wasted newsprint magazines that I'm not fully convinced they're going to get picked up. Um, they're going to get thrown away and they're going to get recycled and they're going to get landfilled. I don't know, but more importantly, there's a lot of content there that's, that seems to be wasted. Mm. And there's a lot of customer insight that a lot of these magazines are missing out on. But I'm giving away too much game, so I'm going to stop talking about that. Um, your move to, you're saying, um, like larger uh, artists and like uh, American kind of features. Has, did issue one play a part in like gaining like a, a different target for your pieces or has it just kind of been a natural progression? Um, I don't even know if there's been a lot of progression. I mean, it's, it's a new magazine, but none of us are sort of new writers or okay, photographers yeah. or anything like that. So all, that, all that's changed really is that we're able to curate the artists a bit more closely that are involved, that, that we choose to feature rather than being asked to cover the artists for someone else. Um, so the writing style is going to remain the same. Um, the quality of the writing, we're going to maintain a higher level, hopefully increase it. But again, all our, all our writers are young, all of our photographers are young, under like 27 is probably the oldest contributor so far, and that's our editor. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, I mean, it doesn't matter that the size of the artist is, isn't, isn't something that we look at when we give them a treatment compared to a, an emerging artist that we're excited about. Mm. Uh, okay. it, it's always going to be people that we truly believe in. Mm. Cool. Um, uh, yeah, so you came straight out of university to do this. Did you find your degree, I mean, you've obviously been writing for a long time, but what is producing like a youth culture magazine different from uh, like the stuff you're doing in uni? Yeah. Uh... I don't even know if it is different necessarily. I feel like it's a sum of every, it's a product of everything that I did while I was at university. Okay. I very much threw myself into a lot of stuff outside my degree um, that included DJing, student radio, I had a club night. Um, I got involved in all kinds of stuff as well as writing different things outside of music and writing my degree as well. And um, and I feel like now this is just the product of all of those influences on me that have come out and made me want to go into this as a field. And and it's again, it's not the only thing that, that I do. And we're all active um, in the scene outside of, of this magazine. It's not our only contribution to the scene and to the culture. Um, I play, I genuinely love this type of music and put on events for this type of music in Leeds, which hasn't got the strongest scene. So that's something that I'm trying to build um, as an example. And so, yeah, the magazine's just the, the product of all of this stuff together, I think. Yeah. That's nice. That's good. The good that it's all come together. Mm. Um, so, yeah, when's the next issue due out? Like you said, it's finished? Yeah, it's, it's done. It's on its way. Um, it's going to be out in the first week of September. But oh, nice. we haven't announced and released our cover yet. And not a lot of people know that it's coming. <laughs> I mean, we've told everyone it's coming. It's in the back of issue one. It says issue two is coming, coming. soon. But I'm sure that a lot of the people that have been on your show and a lot of people that listen to your show understands that new magazines come and go and, uh, and it takes a while to get established. But we're really confident that this is something that's going to last for a long time. Yeah. Well, it seems like you have uh, a lot of things in order and uh, 
I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing what you do with it. Um, yeah, for sure. I'll have to get you some sent out to Mauritius. Yeah, please do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're good to see it. Um, just to wrap up, do you have any magazines that you'd like to recommend to the listeners? Yeah, um, I do. Let me just get my notes out. There's, there's so many good magazines that I read, but I was trying to put together a few that I think that might be missed by people okay. that might already listen to your show. Um, so if you can get hold of it, I really recommend trying to get hold of the Places Plus Faces magazine. Um, it's a paid photo magazine, like a photo essay thing, um, by a photographer called Cisse and his business partner, and I've forgotten his business partner's name. Um, he's basically a hip-hop photographer that made his name just going behind the scenes and blagging his way into green rooms and backstage, on stage, uh, and taking a lot of photos on his old film camera um, he put them all up on his Instagram and it's and it's developed into like one of the most popular streetwear brands for fashion in the UK um, they just put out a, a collaborative mixtape with Red Bull that had a lot of really exciting musicians on it uh, and then this magazine which is just some amazing images really intimate portraits of massive artists um, in hip hop and yeah I'd recommend trying to get hold of that um, and then from a surprising angle, which is something that sort of backs up how I feel about paid original content from brands and inviting these brands to really play an organic part in the culture, um, the high street store Size, which is actually owned by JD, <laughs> which isn't that cool. They've got a magazine <laughs> called Spaces In Between that you can pick up in their store. And it is, it does feel really authentic and as much as it pains me to say that a high street store is doing something authentic for the culture, um, it feels like a lot of effort has been put into to making something that, that complements the clothes that they're trying to flog. Uh, and I think that's cool. I think as long as you're doing something to help the culture, even if it's in a small way, then you, you've got to be applauded for that. Um, it doesn't seem cynical and it doesn't seem like it's, um, you know, see-through, if, for want of a better word. It, it looks real and organic, so spaces in between is another thing. And then um, outside of music, I've recently been getting into Fantastic Man, which I'm sure is a big magazine that you've heard of. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's been going for, what is it, their 25th anniversary this year? Um, so this isn't a surprise one, but it's, I don't really know anyone else that reads it myself. But the cover feature with Steve McQueen in their last issue was absolutely amazing. Um, and as a young person that wants to, have longevity in the creative arts. Um, it's just really fascinating to hear Steve's story and the way that they portray the men that they feature is, is um, great. I love it. Big fan. Cool. All right. Thanks for that. Um, and good luck with Push. Um, looking forward to seeing it if it makes its way over here. Um, <laughs> I'll have to, yeah, I'll have to I'll get your address. I'll see if I can, yeah. <laughs> I don't know, put. Wrap, wrap, roll it up and put it in a bottle exactly or that's how i always <laughs> get my magazines yeah. <laughs> <laughs> cool uh thanks robbie for coming on um i'll see you soon thanks so much for having me it's been great no worries cheers dan thanks so much to robbie for coming on and a big thanks to you for listening you can find all previous episodes at magheroes.net and you can subscribe to the podcast in any podcasting app. Just search for Mag Heroes. If you're a publisher looking for a better way to sell subscriptions of your magazine, go to subsale.com.
Thanks again for listening. I hope you've enjoyed this series of interviews, and I hope to have more for you in the future. Until then, cheers. Cheers.